Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I hope I will make sense. Um, my flesh is trembling. I... Um, Thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Um, just his presence is just so awesome. So real, so real, so precious. Um, okay. You know, when, when you were singing, surely goodness and mercy, um, I just had, I just remembered my Moses. <laughs> and, you know, when he said, I want to see you, and also when we were singing, show me your face. Um, what, what God showed Moses was goodness, him, him who is goodness. And then when, we, when I thought about mercy, and what does mercy represent? To me, it's the blood of Jesus. So, you know, at the end of it, it, it was saying God himself, Father, and Jesus are following you, goodness and mercy. I should switch to this one. Okay. Thank you. So, it's the Godhead. You have the Spirit living inside of you, and you have Father, God, and Jesus following you. Um, what more do we need? I think that alone is... We take that home today, that's something. Okay. Um, Deji, or Elder Deji, sorry. Um, two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, Elder Deji talked about change. Um, the one thing that the Lord had ministered to me this year was, this year, not like every other year, where you hear a word is good, you go. Hey, that was a good word. Next week, what, what was the word? Um, um, can't remember what it was. He said, that cannot happen this year. So we're going to take every single word. Well, that's, I don't know whether that's just my assignment. No, uh, yeah, yeah, well, he might be saying to others, continue giving the word. So please take, you know, run a little slow because I have to catch up and, and I have to take the word, chew it and talk about it again. Okay, that's my assignment. So, Elder Deji talked about change. And what do I call you, David? <laughs> my David, my David. Our David. He talked in, I can't forget that service where we all said yes. And I'm going, it's going to be something that we will continue to talk. And even this morning we said yes, didn't we? <laughs> so, um, and I know that, you know, if we keep on doing what we've done in the past, will we change? No, we'll just be there. So we can't do what we've been doing in the past is what the Lord has said. Something has to change. Something has to give personally and corporately as a church. Okay. So if not, we will not look like Jesus when he walked the face of the earth. Um, so therefore, the, one of the first things we have to do is every word he gives us, you take it seriously and you run with it. You have to run with the word. Okay. Um, it's no point. Oh, good, good. Sunday dinner and that's the end. 
Okay, um, again, last week we had Pastor Rod telling us about um, Adam and his whole, the generations after him, they lived to 900 years. And um, that's a sign and a wonder. And today, if you get to 70, yay, praise God. <laughs> something has to give. Um, something had, with that life, that God life that they had, we have to recapture that. We have to live it, you know, because that's what God intended for us anyway. Um, so up and running. We have purpose. We weren't just created to live and then when it's time you die. There has to be a purpose to our lives, each individual. There has to be something that's written against you. There has to be a book about your life. Okay, there's a kingdom to establish. We have, if you don't know anything else, there's a kingdom to establish. There's the kingdom of God that we are called to establish. If you know Jesus, you automatically are, you know, engrafted into establishing his kingdom. There's a king to be glorified, and that's Jesus. Your whole life, everything about us must bring glory to if there's anything you can point in your life that's not glorifying to him throw it away now okay because um we will stand before him and we're going to bring trophies you know we're going to bring something there was when we were in um um one of the days when we were in um great portland street um i had a, a picture and it was a picture of this huge beautiful, magnificent hall, bright lights. And, you know, I, as I stood, I, I stood watching. I wasn't part of it, but I, I could see what was happening. And there were people, and I knew it was nations, nations, nations were coming in, and they were presenting trophies to the King of Kings. They were like, hey, this is what I plundered. And they were, and they were, it was beautiful. And do you know what? Each of us has to bring something to the king. There has to be something in your life that you're coming to present. I remember when Peter Billingham, you know, passed away and um, that was something that I was able to tell Anne and say, you know what, he has, he has lots to present before his king. So be encouraged, he has done what he needed to do for the Lord, and he brought his trophy to the Lord. So if it's right now and the Lord says, hey, come up here now, what, what do we have? I'm asking us as individuals, what are you going to present to him? Um, and whatever you have, is that all that he wants you to present? Okay, so <laughs> I began to imagine, I, 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 I imagine things a lot now, muse on things and meditate. And I thought, you know what, if our trophies were building blocks, if he was going to use our trophies to build, you know, how many holes would be there because we haven't brought that particular <laughs> building block? And like, we, we can't have that. We can't have holes in his, his, his house. Okay. My message is going to be all over the place because that's how I got it. And, you know, I'm like, Lord, you know. Um, Luke 19, 10 to 27 from the Passion Translation. I feel like there's a charge and then there's a teaching. And this part is the charge. 
Okay, at this time, Jesus was getting close to Jerusalem. It's the Passion Translation, by the way. The crowds that followed him were convinced that God's kingdom would fully manifest when Jesus was established, when Jesus established it in Jerusalem. So he told them this story to change their perspective. And he said, Once a wealthy prince left his province to travel to a distant land where he would be crowned king and then return. And before he departed, he summoned his 10 servants together and charged them. I'm entrusting each of you with $50,000 to invest while I'm away. Trade with it, put the money to work until I return. Some of his countrymen despised the prince and sent a delegation after him to declare before the royals, we refuse to let this man rule over us. He will not be our king. Nevertheless, he was crowned king and he returned to his land. Then he summoned his 10 servants to see how much each of them had earned and what their profits came to. The first one came forward and said, Master, I took what you gave me, I invested it, and I multiplied it 10 times. Splendid, you have done well, my excellent servant. Because you have shown that I can trust you in this small matter, I now grant you authority to rule over 10 cities. The second one came and said, Master, what you left has multiplied five times. His master said, I also grant you authority in my kingdom over five cities. Another came before the king and said, Master, here's the money you gave me. I hid it for safekeeping. You see, I live in fear of you, for everyone knows you're a strict master, impossible to please. You push us for a high return on all that you own, and you always want to gain from someone else's efforts. The king said, you wicked servant. I will judge you using your own words. If what you said about me is true, that I'm a harsh man pushing you for a high return and wanting gain from others' efforts, why didn't you at least put my money in the bank to earn some interest on it? Then he said to his other servants, take the money he has, give it to the faithful servant who multiplied my money 10 times over. But master, the other servants objected, why give it to him? He already has so much. Yes, said the king, but to all who have been faithful, I will give even more to them. And for the ones who have nothing, even the little they seem to have, I'll take away from them. Now, and then he referred to those who said they didn't want him. Now bring all those rebellious enemies of mine who rejected me as their king. Bring them here before me and execute them. Okay, so I said, Lord... This, this, this was an addition to what I was bringing today. And I said, Lord, why, why this particular passage? He said, this is my message to my body. You don't sit and do nothing. If you look in, if you look in the King James Version to verse 13, as much as I read it in the Passion, he referred me back to King James for verse 13. And verse 13 in the King James translation says, he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. And this has to do with kingdom wealth. This has to do with the wealth of the kingdom. 
All right, we're in an era where we say the wealth of the wicked will be transferred onto the righteous. If you're not doing anything, how, how's it going to come? If you're not doing anything that could possibly earn money, and I'm not just talking of a regular job. It could happen in a regular job, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I was like, okay, if the kingdom needs wealth, because the kingdom does need wealth, to establish God's kingdom, you need wealth. Let's not, you know, you do. <laughs> you need wealth. Um, how are you going to get it if there's no, no nothing your hands are doing to, to, to receive it? It's not, you're not just going to sit and it would be dropped into your lap. He said, occupy till I come. This part of the message is a charge. It wasn't, it's not, it's not my normal where I go to, to be honest. And I'm like, Lord, are you sure? He said, yes, you speak it. And he was speaking to me too. So it's not, it was for me. And I'm like, so Lord, what? I mean, I think I'm retired. I'm finished with work. I'm finished with earning. I get a little pension. It's enough for me. And I'm, I'm not paying any rent. So I feel, he said, no. I'm like, okay. I said, okay. So what would you have me do? I need so I'm in that place of like, okay, because there's a kingdom to be established. There is a kingdom to build and you need. Let's, let's talk of us here building the kingdom in terms of getting a building. Um, hey, buildings cost. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. God is a miraculous God. He can find a building somewhere and give it to us free of charge. Okay, let's say he does that. Yay, we got a building. How are you going to maintain it? Huh? How are you going to look after it? There, there's taxes to pay. There's renovation to be done. There's, there's upkeep. There's electricity. How are we going to do that? You know, and we all, if we have, if he gives us, remember he said, you know, I'm coming back from, and I relate this to Deji again, to Elder Deji, because he said, don't forget that your money does not belong to you. It is his it is his. So you can't sit there and say, well, I have enough to look after myself. That's not enough because we need money for the kingdom. So I'm just, I'm just saying what God said to me because this charge is to me as well. So he's saying, get out there and ask me. I will give you things to invest in and I will give you things to do because the wealth has to come. My kingdom shall be established. My kingdom shall be built. Occupy till I come. And you know, it's strange because we're in a world that's talking about recession that's coming. Oh, recession is coming. In fact, the prophets are telling us that there's a famine coming. So whichever way you look at it, whether it's the prophets or whether it's the world, recession is coming. So how are we going to manage that? Yes? Um, is your household budget changing? Is, is it only mine? I go to the shop this week, I buy the same thing next week, it's gone up. Is, I, do you notice that or is it just me? Okay, so um, don't wait for it to hit you. The Lord has declared that we, his children, are to be a blessing. So ask him 
It's a charge. Go and ask him, what else can your hands do? What else is he getting you to get into to bring the wealth in? That's the end of that charge. Okay, now I'm going to talk what was on my... That was not by comfort zone because it's generally not but he said I need you to tell everyone so you can't say you haven't heard it and it's part of you know the message that Elder Deji brought he said your money is not your own so don't think oh I have enough and obviously that was a rebuke to me as well okay when Elder Deji gave his message there was one part of it that I like yes yes this is me I'm going to read it I'm going to ignite a real passion for me in the heart of my people this year. They will be burning for me and my spirit this year. They this will come through obedience. Tell them to desire me before all things. Do you remember you gave that word? My heart was racing. I'm like, this is me. This is my, this is my word. This is where I'm going to take and, and run and expand and teach. And when I began to look at um, what I was to write, I, I, I was spoiled for choice. I, I think I can do this for about three or four times. But um, today, first of all, I went and checked what does passion mean? What does passion mean? A strong, barely controllable emotion. Passion for him. Remember? It's a passion for him. Is that how you feel about him? Is it, does it, do, do you think about, even this morning, how did you feel? Were you passionate about worship? Were you, were your emotions like running all over the place? Okay. A strong and barely controllable emotion. A strong liking or desire or devotion to an activity object or concept. I looked in the dictionary, by the way. Or a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something, or even a craving. Do you crave him? Are you excited when it comes to him? I truly, truly bless the Lord because I, I think all of us can testify that in the past, what, three, four weeks? Well, this, you know, no, since November, it, it, I, something has happened. The Lord is creating within us that passion. He's stirring us up in our hearts, all right? And he says even more so, he's going to do it this year. He's going to create that passion. And um, so I began to... First, um, this is the first on passion. Okay, Galatians 5, 16 to 23, again in the Passion Translation. And you know, if you look in the Passion Translation, every book has the word passion in it. <laughs> so I can preach what, on, on, on all the books because every single book in the Passion Translation has the word passion somewhere in the, the book. Okay, so Galatians 5, um, 16 to 23. He says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, as you yield. Remember what, what the word said? It says, obedience, by obedience. So as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings, the passion of your self-life. 
When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. Because your passion is divided now. Your self-life, something about your flesh, craves something and that hinders you from fully running with the Spirit of the Lord. I read that sentence again, verse 17. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, what do you think it is about your life right now that could possibly offend the Spirit of God? It says it hinders, you hinder him from living free within you. you can you imagine you tying the hands of the Spirit? tying him up, putting him in a corner and say, you can't do anything in me. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings, if you crave the Holy Spirit intensely, it will hinder that self-life from dominating you. So there's a, it, it's like there's this competition, your self-life. But you remember, it's what you yield to. Your self-life cannot dominate you unless you give it permission. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. You give him permission in your life. Okay. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. But when you yield, basically when you obey the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. Do you know when I was writing this, I'm like, Lord, do I need to read these things? As he said, yes. I was going to jump <laughs> the self-life. But hey, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts. Pornography. Chasing after things instead of God. Manipulating others. Hatred of those who get in your way. Senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored. Temper tantrums. Angry quarrels. Only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. Being envious of the blessings of others. Murder. Uncontrolled addictions. We might think of addictions as, is it drink or is it drugs? Could be TV. Could be sweets. <laughs> could be crossword puzzles. Could be games. The phone. Could be... Wild parties all other similar behavior. Haven't I warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? And then here, in the middle of it, I read, hmm, that's why the Lord got Elder Deji onto us. Because we need a deliverance from some of these things. Elder, you feature so much in my... <laughs> But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expression. 
joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. And I stopped there and I'm like, if that has happened, why do we still have it? It's because we resurrected it. If you find any of these and you say, Lord, hey, help to put them away, he will. You know, he, he, look, if, if any of these pertain to us, you, because you are the righteousness of God in Christ, all we have to do is come to the Lord and say, I'm sorry, help me not to go back there. Do you get? Help me. All right. But we can't every day come for the same thing Sorry, sorry, sorry. It means we're not willing to crucify the, the flesh. But if you ask him for help, genuinely, Lord, help. He will. He will. And ask him, what's the alternative to this? This pulls me. So instead of this, what do I do? He'll show you something. He'll show you something. Okay. Um, if the spirit is the source of our life, verse 25, we must also allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives, which is just what I said. Allow him. Be dependent on him. Call him all the time. Speak to him. He's within you. Learn to speak to the spirit of God all the time. Holy Spirit, should I do this? Are you there? Help me. What do I show me? He will answer. He will. That's why he's there. That's why he's our helper. Okay? So may we never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. And we mustn't condemn someone else that we see and say, well, you know, I'm better than them. Hey. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. We must. So, self-life life of the spirit where's your passion and you know the lord will give you a passion for the things that the spirit shows you to do he will he will he will you you'll you'll find your craving is it his words that you're reading is it you, do you know what if you say to the lord every time i read your word i want you to show me something he will he will and that becomes an addiction fine it's good. It's him. It's his spirit. You know, so ask him. Every time you turn the TV on and he says, hey, I need you. <laughs> I need you in this place. Turn it off. Go to him. I'm not saying you can't watch TV. Don't get me wrong, but you, you, you monitor what you watch and for how long. He... Things must not take the time or the place that he has to be in your life. You know, if, 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 you, if you, you know, um, attribute your time, he has to have the larger percentage of the time. 
Okay. Passion. So this was basically, you know, the title of today would be Passion to Live Life for Him. And living his life is living the life of the Spirit. Okay, was, was, was Jesus full of passion? I began to look, and yes, Psalm 69, verse 9. Psalm 69, verse 9. My love for you has my heart on fire. This was Jesus. I know it was, it was a Psalm of David, but he was referred, it's a messianic um, verse. My love for you has my heart on fire, was what Jesus was saying. My passion for your house consumes me. Nothing will turn me away, even though I endure all the insults of those who insult you. Jesus was passionate about the things of, of the Father. Passionate. So much so that he, when he went into the temple, remember, and the, the money changers were there, he, he, he showed his passion there. He showed his passion for the father there. He drove them out, turned, turned their and whipped them out of the temple. So you can't, this is my father's house. This is the house. And look, hey, today, who, who, who is the father's house or who is the house of God? It's us. It's us. And he lives inside of us. So if Jesus was ready to throw tables upside down and throw people out because they were misusing his father's house, what of your body, where he lives? And the only person who can misuse our bodies is us. Okay. And John 2, 17 says, when they saw him drive out the money changers, his disciples remembered the scripture, which said, I am consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. Can we say, can we say that about ourselves? We should get to where we are able to say with Jesus, you know, I am consumed with a passion to keep my body pure, to keep my thoughts pure so that it's a suitable habitation for your spirit. And again, like I, we said, he will help us do it. If that's your desire, if that's your confession, he will help you to do it. And that also, also you know, translates into what you look like. Okay, what, how do you dress? How do you... How do you how are you presented to the to the world? When they see you, what do they think? Okay. Oh, almost there. Um, Philippians three. Hmm. I don't know if I can do all of it. So this was. This was Paul. Let me, um, let me start from verse 8, Philippians 3. I don't know whether I should go back. Okay, you know what? You see, in the first part of Philippians, Paul was stating his qualities. 
in terms of um, I'm a Hebrew, come from this tribe, circumcised, you know, a Pharisee of the highest order, a defender of the truth. I even persecuted Messianic believers. <laughs> um, I did all of that. Um, and now I've forsaken them, verse 7, I've forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experience Jesus Christ as my Lord. Delight in experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord, that's passion. It's a delight. When you're passionate about something, it, it, it causes, it stirs up a delight. You're just overjoyed inside. He said, all that was rubbish compared to the delight I experience now of Jesus, my Lord. And you know, in the recent, um, in the, you know, maybe week, two weeks, you know, it's, it's been magnified to us. <laughs> it's been, it's, it's like mind-blowing how God, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who flung the stars into space, the sun, the moon. <laughs> you know, when that verse in, in, in Psalm 8 says, who is man? Why are you so mindful of man? Why would you, big God, mighty God, you know, all you have to do is speak, things happen. Why would you care about me? And it's not just about man. He cares about you as an individual. It's not just, oh, man. It's one by one. He knows you. He knows your fingerprints, you know. He knows how many hairs you have on your head as an individual. He knows you. He knows you by name. He knows you, what you don't know about you, he knows. And he cares. And he, he, this big God gave himself on the cross. He died. And it says, for the joy of receiving you. I, I, it blows me away. Why would you rejoice in having me as your child? Why? His love. And, you know, many times it makes me sit down and think of my past and where I've come from. And I, you, do you know what? When I didn't know him, he knew me. I look back and I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't know him, but he ordered my life to where I am today, to where I knew him and met him. He was there. I should have died how many times? And where would I have been? You know? And if, he, if he's that personal, no wonder Paul could say, delight, delight, like a little child, you know, delight at experiencing him as Lord. He said, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past, throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. <laughs> it's like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. That's passion, man. <laughs> all your accolades, all your university degrees, all your, you know, awards. He said, <laughs> he said, manure, garbage heap, compared to knowing Jesus. <laughs> That's passion. That's passion. 
He's found him. He's known him. And he's like, you know what? Nothing else matters. You know, we sing songs. Nothing else matters. <laughs> Do we mean it? If everything else was taken away from us, would we be okay? He said, my passion, verse 9, is to be consumed with him and not cling to my righteousness based in keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. The righteousness that comes from God. I throw away the righteousness of the world, the righteousness of being in the Pharisee sect, the righteousness that people have attributed to me. They see me giving my tithes. They say, yay. They see me giving alms here. Hey, let me help. He said, Psh. I throw all that away. The only righteousness I embrace now is the righteousness that comes from Jesus, from what he has given me by, <laughs> by wiping away. My sins completely, even destroying my sin nature. But remember, you have to allow him to do that. Okay. He says, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus, to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. Do you wake up excited? This is another day I could find something more about Jesus. Jesus, it's me and you today. Hey, I'm excited. You woke me up this morning. Hey, Jesus, can't wait to talk to you. Can't wait to be with you. That's passion. What will we do today, Jesus? Do you want me to talk to this person? No, no? Okay. This one? Okay. It's passion. I'll do what you want me to do because I love you and because you love me and because nothing else matters but you. Okay? Um, he says, I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. And only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. His whole ambition was Jesus. I want to experience that oneness. I want to, I can't wait, you know. No wonder Paul said in one other um, verse where he says, to live or to die. You know, if, if I'm killed, hey, I get to be with Jesus forever. If I live, I get to be with him here and do what he wants me to do. It didn't matter. Live or die, it's okay. Because I have Jesus. He's, he's my Passion. Let me leave it there. Okay. Um, verse 12. I admit I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abund abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which he laid hold of me to make me his own. And yet with all of this that he knows and is excited about, he said, you know what? I haven't even reached the fullness of what he can be to me. I haven't reached there. But I'm, I'm, that's what I'm pursuing every day. Hey, wake up in the morning. Show me something new about you, Jesus. What, 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 where, should, where should I look? What? This verse? But I read it yesterday. Should we read it again? Okay. <gasps> I didn't see that yesterday. There's, uh, you, you know, and, and it's the simple things that just blow you away. Oh, my goodness. I read this yesterday. I didn't see that. And I read it. To, oh, my. Are you speaking to me? Me? 
uh, okay. Um, and he said, you know what? Even though I want more of him, I don't depend, verse 13, I don't depend on my own strength to even accomplish it. Yes, I do have one compelling focus to forget my past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. And I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. And he says, I, 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 I'm not even doing it on my own strength. <laughs> you know, I still have to say, Lord, help me. Help me run after you. Increase that passion in me. Look, one day I was sitting, I was thinking, hmm, he gave us his own very spirit. You know, he gave us his spirit. We have the same spirit that he has today, the same spirit who walked with him through his life on the earth. The same spirit is in us. <laughs> the, same, <laughs> the same spirit with all of who the spirit of God is. In fact, you, 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 you tremble inside to think of it. And how have I treated him? And how have I honored even the spirit of God inside of me who has made it possible for me to live exactly in the same way that Jesus lived while he was on earth. How, and yet I still think I want to do things in my own strength. I can do it. I don't ask him. I don't seek him. I just go ahead and do things. And then when I help me, help me when I fail. And yet he still does. That's the thing about the spirit of God. He, you, you, you didn't talk to him. You didn't consult him. It's all a mess now. You come back and he still helps you. He still helps you. But why don't we go there first? Okay. Verse 15. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these same desires, God will reveal it to them. See, again, he's telling us, ask him. You might feel, yeah, I would love to be that passionate, but I'm not. Ask him. Ask him to make you. He's your helper. He's our helper in everything. It's simple. But you see, he reads your heart. Do you mean it? Do you mean it that you want to be that passionate about him? He says, I will, he, remember what, you remember the word he gave us? He says, I am going to ignite a real passion for me in the heart of the people this year. Hey, it's his desire to ignite it. It's his desire for us to be passionate. Are you going to say yes? Remember, we've already said yes. You know, we're still finding out <laughs> what we said yes to on that 27th of November when they, they, we, we were all stunned, silent, stunned. We just said yes. Okay, we're going to find out day by day. What did you, I keep saying, God, Lord, just, would you expand what we said yes to? And he is, this is what he's doing. That's what we, this is part of what we said yes to. Being passionate. Okay. Um, and he says, this will come through obedience. And if you're passionate, you'll be obedient. If he asks you to do something, you'll be obedient. You, 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 because you trust him. You want to please him. You want to honor him. Okay. So, um, um, I'm going to stop soon. 
um, I was going to read the rest of it, but um, I think he's, I w wasn't going to, okay. So Philippians 2.13, okay, Philippians 2.13, still the Passion Translation. God will continually revitalize you and implant within you the passion to do what pleases him. He will, he will revitalize you and plant within you the passion to do what pleases him. Remember, you have to desire it and you ask him. You know, on our own, we, we, can't, we can't whip up that passion. But if you ask him, he will. He'll help you. He'll implant that passion inside of you. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. Still the passion. For it is Christ's love that fuels the passion. That's the fuel of the passion is his love. And it holds us tightly because we are convinced inside of us that he has given his life for us. This means all died with him so that those who live no longer live absorbed, self-absorbed absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. He poured out his for you. He poured out his divinity for you. He poured out, he came and walked as man for you. He did it for you. And he did it to, for, for, it's, it's like what he offers is so much better than what we have without him. So it's, it's a win-win situation for us. Win-win. You win. Whichever way you look at it, you win. So why don't we, we jump into it and ask him, Lord, revitalize me. Implant in me a passion for you, even as you said you would. Help me understand what you want me to do so that I can make my determination to be obedient to what you ask me to do. Simple as that. And he, he sees your heart. And my last scripture today is going to be Psalm 119 and verse 2. What joy overwhelms everyone who keeps the ways of God. Joy. <laughs> Those who seek him as their heart's passion. Joy. What joy overwhelms. We, joy is so much more than, you know, you, you, you can be crying and you're full of joy. No, it's true. Like here, this morning, many people were, I don't know, didn't dare look around. I could only see those in front, like Denise and <laughs> David. And I was like, I even look at them because even looking at them is going to make me bawl. You know, but hey, how many of us had tears in our eyes this morning? You're crying. But it wasn't, it, it was joy. It was joy. It was, you were overwhelmed by his presence and it was beautiful. You know, that joy of his presence, there's nothing. He says in, you know, in my presence, there's pleasure and there's joy. Pleasure and joy even if you're crying. And what a beautiful feeling we had, you know, just knowing that his presence was here. What it was just awesome, beautiful. So I'm going to stop here and just pray.
Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word at the beginning of the year. Thank you for telling us that you were going to ignite a passion within us. Lord, we, even, if, even if we didn't know it before, even what we tasted in this place this morning, Lord, we want everything that you have. We want to be passionate about you. We want to delight in you in the same way that Paul did, that he was ready to throw away everything that made him Saul. He, wa he was ready to get rid of all of it just for you. And Lord, that's, that's where we are. We want it. We want to be passionate about you. And we hear you. You say it's by obedience. So from this day forth, Lord, we make that commitment. But the one thing we do ask of you, Lord, is show us. Show us what it is you want us to be obedient to. On a daily basis, we know that there are many things. So we give you permission. On a daily basis, show us which things do we need to change? Which things must we be obedient to? And Lord, we're saying yes again. We're saying yes. We're saying yes to a life filled with passion. Passion for you. Passion for everything that you want. That's what we want too, Lord. So we just thank you because we've looked in your word and we, we, you said you would revitalize us and implant us with your passion so that we can do what pleases you. Lord, all that you have done for us, <laughs> the only way we can say thank you is to say, you know what, Lord, we want to be filled with passion so that, Lord, we can do what you want us to do. And like we said in the beginning, there's a kingdom to establish. There's a king to be glorified. And Lord, that's going to be our passion, to establish your kingdom and to bring glory to the king of kings. So that Lord, at the end of it, we bring trophies to our king. So Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you, you know, for this line that we have drawn you know, we might, I, I mean, Lord, you see our individual hearts and you know who's saying yes to you today. I believe it's all of us. It's all of us. We say yes. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for stirring up passion today for you in Jesus' name. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 